Like all of you, I have reflected on the racial unrest in our country. It is a harsh reality. I'm not sad. I don't want your pity. I want change. Quite frankly, it's just in our community. And I said, I know people get tired of hearing me say it, but we are scared as black people in America. Black men, black women, black kids, we are, we are terrified. The question that we have, that we charge America with today is, how many more examples of police brutality do we need to effectuate change? And now, the man of the hour, whether you want him or not, Jerry Jones. Hey, 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 what's going on, Party Crashers? This is your host, Jerry Jones. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. However you found us and wherever you found us, I am very glad you did. Uh, do us a favor, if you could... Rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss another one of these fine little episodes. Um, and also, if you could, if you can, give us a five-star rating. You know, as you know, a five-star rating feels a whole lot like love, uh, which we need a lot of right now. And a four-star rating feels like the friend zone, which, if I'm being totally honest, I, I think, <laughs> I think with all the things that are going on right now, I think I would settle quite nicely for for the friend zone. Um, listen, um, I mean, you just heard just a few sounds uh, just really from the past um, 24 to 36 hours. Um, you know, I think the last time we, we were on together, uh, I mentioned that I was going to spend a lot of time talking about um, the RNC um, convention. Um, we certainly heard, uh, from the first lady, Melania Trump, uh, who, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, um, and this, I know it's a low bar. Um, she gave the best speech, uh, of the last, uh, of the last two days. Um, but I really don't want to talk about, um, Melania Trump. I don't want to talk about I think we, if for those of you who were able to stomach last night, I think we understand why they removed all the the trees, the cherry trees, um, just so they could have the visual of her walking down that. Which, you know, um, it, it is what it is, and I and I don't I didn't mean that as a as a Michelle Obama pun. Uh, I'm just not in a really good mood, and I don't really want to spend any more time, um, or more time than I have to, um, talking about. Um, the convention that's not actually a convention, but is still a convention. Um, Jacob Blake, uh, 29-year-old um, African-American, black man, American citizen, um, showed up to a scene, according to accounts, witness accounts, uh, to break up a physical altercation uh, between two people. Um, that scene of those two people involved in this incident precipitated the presence of 
the Kenosha, Wisconsin Police Department. Um, and I'm going to be on. I haven't watched. I have. I've watched the video one time, um, and I, I don't want to watch it again. I don't want to see different angles. I don't want to see what happened. You know, it's interesting. It is really interesting. And someone mentioned this on, um, it may have been, I, I don't know. There's so many shows I've been listening to, um, but had mentioned that, oh, I believe it was Ben Crump, uh, attorney Ben Crump, um, who had mentioned that whenever law enforcement has video that's favorable to their account, it's, well, we have the video. It's open and shut. You should just take, we have video. There's, we don't need anything else. But when the video is not favorable to the position of law enforcement, it's, it's always, well, we don't know what happened before the video. I mean, if you play, if you play that logic out, it's almost like, well, well, you don't know what happened before the Big Bang. I mean, um, so what? So I'm not. I'm, I am not trying to make light of this. Um, but if you have seen the video, or if you have read accounts, uh, uh, Jacob Blake shows up on scene. His children are present for some reason, which I don't know. And I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. Excuse me, I know it's a family show. I really don't give a damn. I don't give a damn uh, what we don't see on the video. I don't give a damn um, if he was non-compliant. Can we talk about that for a second? Um, uh, no, I'm gonna, I'll finish the thought, then I'll come back to that. Um, so the police show up where there was a domestic dispute uh, no one had, I, I, first of all, I don't know why, see, this is why there's going to be lots of tangents. You guys are just, you, you're used to it by now. Um, I'm going to say something that some of you aren't going to like, but, and I hope you'll keep listening. Um, I am not a fan of the language defund the police. Um, I think it is the worst marketing camp. I mean, it could be the best or the worst marketing campaign ever. It's simple to understand, except, uh, when people say they understand that we're then told that we don't understand it. I don't want to get into that. What I do want to say though, it's incidents like this that get to the essence of why people have taken to the streets to defund the police. Why is an officer with a gun showing up to a high intensity uh, situation? Um, and I, I don't imagine that the 911 call um, indicated that there was someone with a weapon there. But why would you introduce a weapon? When you understand the, the relationship between um, guns, presence of guns and victims, murder victims who are also victims of uh, 
domestic violence and intimate partner violence, introducing a gun, according to the, you know, scientifically speaking, or statistically speaking, I am not going to get in. I'm, I, I'm not going to get into that woman. I'm not going to get into it. But, um, but we know by the science that introducing a firearm in a domestic abuse or a domestic situation is um, exponentially um, increasing the chances that someone will be shot and that someone will be murdered. And to send an armed police officer to a scene of that nature um, it, A, is problematic. But B, um, Mr. Blake was there intervening to break up that dispute. Mr. Blake was the volunteer peacemaker, was the volunteer public safety person. And then the professional peacekeeper, the professional public safety officer, uh, and that's what that's what police are. They're public safety, right? Um, it went from no one injured to um, someone now paralyzed from the waist down. If you've seen the video, it's one of the most disturbing videos I've ever seen. So um, Mr. Blake goes to his car. Now, I haven't watched because I've only seen it once and I don't want to watch it again. I understand, and you all can please feel free to fact check me. Either um, send me a DM on 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 Instagram or shoot me a voicemail. Apparently, there's a voicemail feature on on um, Anchor FM. You can leave a voicemail for me. Um, I don't know if his children were in the car or not, but the gentleman, Mr. Blake, going to his car, and you know, he's like, "Hey, I haven't done anything." I, you know, as far as he, as far as I know, he wasn't under arrest, right? Um, goes to his car, opens his door, and the officer grabs him by the back of the shirt. So as to, so if they're pulling in different directions, and so the, the officer is holding him in one hand with the shirt, and he's holding the shirt with, with his hand, and with the other hand, he fires on him on point-blank range. He, that, he was attempting to execute Mr. Blake in front of his family. In front of his children. So, and I've heard the argument. I've heard the argument on Facebook. I've seen the argument on Twitter. Um, that, well, if he had just complied with the officer's orders... He would be alive. Every black person in America calls bullshit on that. Well, I'm sorry. Not every one of them, apparently. What was the guy? Um, the guy, from, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. From the, D, uh, the, the RNC, the Democrat, who's a Trump supporter from Georgia, Vernon Jones, I think is his name. Man, he between he and Herschel Walker, I'm pretty. I mean, and, and you know, Tim Scott's already been a lost cause. I mean, but get out too, okay? Get out too. 
lower budget, right? Um, but starring Vernon Jones and Herschel Walker. Um, RNC, Tom Fest. That's what I'm calling it, Tom Fest. Um, but most black people call BS on that. And first of all, why, why is, um, why is compliance the thing? Why is compliance, so the standard is innocent until proven guilty, unless you're black and unless you did not comply with the officer's orders. You know, people don't realize this, but that whole compliance thing, it dates back to the origins of uh, the American police force, which we all should know. And if you don't know, that's on you. If you're a grown person in 2020 and you don't realize that modern or that American policing is rooted in slave patrol, that's on you. You don't get to plead ignorance anymore. Okay. So that whole notion of complying with police is rooted in complying with slave patrol basically saying back then it would be don't try to escape boy you take these lashes boy and in 2020 it's you you know you keep and and we have to teach this we have to teach this to our kids both hands on the steering wheel yes sir no sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am um, you can't make any sudden movements. You can't do anything. We, we teach compliance. Compliance to law enforcement is among our, if, if racist ideas, if there was a Mount Rushmore of racist ideas, compliance, compliance would be George Washington on the Mount Rushmore of racist ideas. Um, and so I posted about that and it started a firestorm on Facebook. Not really a firestorm. A firestorm is like thousands of, of comments. I think there were probably like 20. Um, but what has paralyzed Mr. Blake is racism. Racism is why he's fighting for his life. Racism is why a cop would show up on, his, on the scene and assume that if there's a domestic dispute, that it must be the man who's present. I'm sorry, it must be the black man who's present. And it's racism that in a report about the incident can tell you everything that happened and then go, well, Mr. Blake also had a warrant for this and had a warrant for that in June and he did this in July. And I'm like, excuse me, um, does what does that have to do with the fact that a cop showed up on the scene to break up a domestic dispute, assume that this person was the perpetrator, pulls out a gun on this person in front of his kids, holds him by his shirt, and tries to execute him point blank range in front of his children. What the hell does him having a warrant from earlier this summer have to do with that? Here's what I'd like to know. 
What I'd like to know is what kind of technology did this cop have to see this person and automatically know, well, this guy has the warrant. I'm going to pull out my gun and I'm going to bring him to justice. Did he have that knowledge? I want to talk about the compliance. Like, is it, is it procedure? Is it, is it Kenosha, Wisconsin protocol that when you have a potential assailant to grab them by the shirt and shoot them in the back at point blank range? Show me that. You know, I did try to go and probably many of you uh, instantly went to the Kenosha um, city and county website. Uh, I wanted to immediately pull their um, policies and procedures because every police department has them and they are posted online. But I, I would imagine either either the traffic was high or they just took it down. But suffice it to say, everyone seems to be an expert on civilian compliance. And no one just seems to know whether or not shooting someone in the back at point blank range is in the Kenosha policy and procedures manual. Or maybe maybe we don't need to look at Kenosha's. Maybe we should look at our own um, manuals. And it's interesting, they had posted Kenosha, the, the city, the county, all the regional law enforcement agencies came out with a very well-produced statement um, earlier this summer indicating that there, that they, that there, there needs to be change. They need to root out racism and bias in their departments. And they're going to do, uh, everything they can to, to see that that happens. Um, I don't think this is doing everything they can. Um, I think it's, it's a bad, here's the thing. It's a bad rule of thumb when the entity that is designed to uh, tamp down a situation and to, to kind of lower the heat is the actual agitator. And as a result, we went from no one being hurt, no one being injured to someone possibly dying um, and a complete family probably forever traumatized by this. I will say this, this is not a call, in my opinion, it's not a call to defund police. It, I am not against people who are all about backing the blue. What I'm saying is Mr. Blake is cl clearly the most obvious victim of structural racism here. Um, and I would say that the officers in question, having grown up um, in a racist society, um, may not be overtly racist, but has been taught by the systems around us to fear um, black people, especially um, black men, that he has been victimized by the same system. Um, and so I don't disparage, I, I, I mean, now this is also not a popular position. I don't disparage people who go out and say, we need to support the cops. I think why you support the cops says a lot about you. And I, I think there's something wrong with you if you're only saying support the cops when they shoot a black person. Um, 
because there are a lot of police departments that do not have what they need. The Kansas City Police, Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, they haven't worn body cams. They don't have the money for them. They don't have the money. Um, I, I The cops, the individual cops on the street, and I've said this before, the individual cops on the street, they're not your enemy. They're poorly trained. This guy, the guy who shot Jacob Blake, clearly is not up for the job. Clearly was not trained properly to do the job. That's not on him. I mean, he has, uh, clearly he has responsibility. I mean, he he understood, he took an oath, and he is to understand um, all of the policies, procedures, and protocols um, that he is to follow. But, uh, and this is not to say, I, I don't feel any pity for him. I just want to say that racism has forever changed this person's life. Clearly, it has impact, impacted um, Mr. Blake's life. And the only way we can end these types of things is to abolish racism. Now, I'm not talking about changing the way people feel. You cannot legislate, nor should you try to legislate how one person feels about another person. That's not really possible, and that's just stupid, and it's Pollyannish. Um, that's never going to happen. Uh, what you do to abolish racism is, and now I'm forgetting the term, is it qualified immunity? Um, that you, you've got you've to make murderers pay. And... Uh, and attempted murderers pay. Because what that cop did, that cop was, that cop, one thing, here's one thing that he cannot do. He cannot say he was fearful of his life. So a guy's got a back, his back to you. You've got him restrained. And you shoot him in the back seven times? No, 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 you weren't scared. You, you had hate in your heart. So we can't legislate how you feel. What we can do is keep you from becoming a damn officer. That's what we can do. What we can do uh, is we can look. You, how about we use data and say, hey, domestic dispute. We're not going to need our guns here. We're going to we, we are going to send a conflict conflict um, mediator along with an armed police officer who's backup just in case things go south, right? Um, that, that's how you do it. But this person shouldn't be a cop. Derek Chauvin, uh, who, who, um, who murdered George Floyd, should not be a cop. There's just a lot of... Here, here's the thing. We're not all cut out to do everything. I am never going to be a, an astrophysicist. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. Love the man. Uh, and I would love to do what he does. And I will never be able to do it. Some people uh, are meant to be doctors. Some people are meant to be lawyers. Some people are meant to make, you know, podcasts. <laughs> oh, man, you talk about being low on the totem pole. <laughs> hey, what do you do? Uh, well, I, you know, I work in healthcare, and then... Uh, my side hustle is uh, I do a podcast. Oh, oh, how nice. 
everyone, <laughs> I was on a call with someone uh, a couple weeks ago. And she's like, I think every, you know, uh, oh, we were preparing for a, um, for a, for a, um, uh, a webinar, uh, coming up on, uh, on Friday. And she's like, I feel like everyone's got a podcast and I'm like, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you for making me feel, feel, feel so special. Um, but Jacob Blake is, um, he's fighting for his life. And so, you know, I, I'm normally not one for thoughts and prayers, um, but I'm going to extend thoughts and prayers, um, to, um, to the Blake family. Um, so as you might imagine, uh, with the shooting of another, um, black man, black American, I think it's important for us to note that. I think it's important for us to note that black people are American. We are, we are black and we are American and we have a right to everything that every other American has a right to. Um, and, and I, I, I was sharing with my, um, my, my friend and colleague, Ryan Mulligan, shout out Ryan, um, that the existence and we, and we heard LeBron speaking of it, which made me think about this, um, that our, our existence as black people in America is very akin to having grown up in an abusive home. And when you are around someone who's abusive, you just never know what's going to set them off. You never know what the trigger is going to be. And as a result, you're on pins and needles, which is what I was just talking about, why you have to have the whole compliance conversation. And um, we, as black people, were, were brought here in bondage, right? We were forced here. We were kidnapped and forced here, um, which I don't know. Every time I see, I, I, I have friends who have have gone through the naturalization ceremony, and I think it's pretty cool. I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but thinking about it in the context that after the slaves were freed, we didn't get voting rights for a hundred years. One hundred years. One hundred years after being freed, as slaves, we did not get full citizenry until 1965. So that's what I, I tell people. I'm like, America is is a rather young democracy. Um, I to me, the clock started ticking on when we became a democracy when all people had the right to vote. You're not a democracy until then, right? You're a wannabe democracy. You are a, um, you're a democracy lookalike. So in my field, uh, there are federally qualified health centers. And a lot of times it, before you, you get that full status, you do the, what they call the FQHC lookalike status. Um, shout out to my friend, Patrick Salee, 
um, who's running a great FQ in the dot, um, Vibrant Health. Um, he took a clinic through that process of being a lookalike then to being um, a full FQ. Um, and there are others, um, you know, Casey Health uh, has certainly done that as well. Um, not to get to Kansas City on you all. Um, but the point is, um, America as a democracy is so new because it's been, it's, we're only 55 years old. You know, hell, I'm turning 50, uh, on, on Friday. So America as a, as a real democracy, as a true democracy is only five years older than me. Um, and I say all that to say that I think it's great that people can come here from from all over the world some who are coming from the most harsh circumstances and get a fresh start here in America but I will tell you there has never and, and I'm I'm giving a hyperbole and you're just going to have to live with it on this one okay there has not been an immigrant from any country from any situation anywhere in the world that was more dire than the situation for African people in chattel slavery in America. Find me one, shoot it over to me, hit me up on the Uninvited Podcast DM, leave me a voicemail, but I have a feeling you're not going to find one. So while I respect, while I respect that we are doing this for people who come here now, it's kind of a gut punch when it took us a hundred years after no longer being officially slaves. I'm doing air quotes again um, to get to get voting rights. But that's all a digression. Um, speaking of Kenosha, you, what happened last night in Kenosha highlights exactly what is wrong in America and highlights our race problem. So last night in Kenosha, two people were shot and killed, another person injured. Um, and I, I, what's the kid's name? The kid, the shooter, Ky, um, Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 years old, not from Wisconsin, by the way. Um, from Illinois, came from Illinois, 17, and was part of a group, I believe they were defending a gas station, I'm using air quotes again on defending, and I don't know if you've seen this video, um, but there's a video of these armored vehicles who are going up to these people, of which one was Kyle Rittenhouse, saying thank you for all you do. Uh, we really appreciate you. And then 10 seconds later, they're like yelling at protesters. You got to get off the street, blah, 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 blah. Um, the, these cops are throwing bottled waters to these people. So this Kyle Rittenhouse shoots two people dead, wounds another. And you know what the cops did? This 17 year old, this minor with an assault weapon, you know what? You know what the law enforcement did? They just let him walk away, like Kaiser Serze. They just let him walk. 
I mean, he's he's been arrested now. They let him walk. I'm going to be honest. Like, th this is right up there with buying Dylan Roof Burger King. After he shot nine people at the church in, in Charleston, South Carolina. So, I'm, if you can... If you can, if you can help me make sense of this, um, you've got beers, beers for a year. Help me make sense of this. The Kenosha Police Department on Sunday shows up to a domestic dispute. They identify a black man who was not involved except as the person breaking up said dispute. They profile him, pull a gun on him, shoot him in the back, point blank range in front of his family. Civil unrest ensues because I don't know if you knew this or not. And I've talked about this before. Just like there is ne there's never been in the history of America a happy slave. Except for the ones who are at the RNC. There is not people are done. People are done with this. We've had it. We're done. We're tired of the excuses. We're tired of the explanations. We don't care about, we really don't. We really don't give a shit about your feelings on, um, like, why don't, why are you guys mad at us? Don't care. We're done with it. Like, can cancel culture is all about ideas whose time has come to an end and racism. That idea has come to an end. So, but you show up on the scene on Sunday and try to execute a man mob style in front of his family. But on Tuesday, you tell the guy, we really appreciate, appreciate you. You're handing him bottled water. Then after he shoots three people, killing two of them, you just let him walk. Huh. Make that make sense for me. Make it make sense. Here's the thing. That's not possible. That's not possible. It can't be done. It cannot be done. Um, it's, it, uh, this, this, I, I, I keep saying, and, I, and it, it, what's pissing me off is that I keep saying it every single time. Every single time I say, this is the worst one. I said that with Breonna Taylor. We still don't have an arrest for her. Killers, by the way. We do not have an arrest. So I'm just going to do, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't do this on live radio. It's not live. But one day, one day we aspire to live. It's been 166 days since Brianna uh, Taylor's killers have been um, brought to justice or, you know, not brought to justice, but arrested. Um, and um, so I, I've said that with that. I said that with Ahmaud Aubrey. I said that with George Floyd. Um, I, I keep saying it like this is the worst one. This is the worst one. And this one, this one feels like he's not, thank God he's alive. Thank God he's alive. Um, but how do you go from that to letting a murderer walk? 
literally away from the scene of the crime. And then you have to double back and arrest him. I don't even want to get started on how the hell does a 17-year-old have an assault weapon? That's only possible in a racist America. I, and that's not, that's not hyperbole. I mean, it, it is literally only possible in America. Well, maybe parts of Russia. But Russia, Trump America, it's kind of the same, kind of the same thing, right? Um, so they apprehended him. I do want to know if they took him to Burger King the way they did um, Dylan Roof or, or if they did Postmates. Because apparently, even as a murderer, Kyle Rittenhouse's life has a higher value on it to the Kenosha Police Department than Jacob Blake's life. And that is what we're talking about when we talk about structural racism, what is not deniable, I mean, you can try to deny it, but your arguments are just so nonsensical that it's ridiculous, uh, that his life, Jacob Blake's life is just worth less. Black people's lives in America are just worth less than white people's lives. I mean, I talked about it in a couple episodes ago. I can't recommend Isabel Wilkerson's book highly enough. It's called Cast. What you're going to find out when you read that book is that racism is, is, is one of our top exports. From a historical perspective, it's our most deadly export. Um, we literally trained um, Nazi Germany on how to do what they do. Our country did. I'm not saying the state, the state, the United States of America as a, as a nation state didn't do it, but they studied our history and they worked with the, um, air quotes, brightest eugenics minds, um, in America at the time to, as their basis for their caste system. America literally designed um, Nazism, the Nazism that we've come to know and understand. Um, so that's what, that's, that's the context that we're living in. So yeah, yeah. The reason why Kyle Rittenhouse, why he's alive is because his life is worth more than Jacob Blake's life per, per the lens per the racist cast lens that America um, operates on. And so what I'm suggesting is that in order for this to stop, we have to disrupt and eliminate and abolish racism. So, and that has been my beef. If I, if, if I am to have an internal beef with BLM, is, oh, no, 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 this is way bigger than what we're spending on a police force. 
it's it's uh, what we spend in the police force um look you're not gonna um you're not going to train racism out of police officers you're just not um you do have to start over but we have to start dismantling um in racism and teaching anti-racism the moment they're before preschool the moment that you're able to begin to learn and comprehend that's when it starts and the education never stops that's the only way we're going to get out of this um that's the only way we're going to stop this stuff look um i'm going to stop it there um I had originally planned to do a whole other segment, and I might do a special segment. Um, this will give me something to do over the weekend. I, I'm, I'm, I want to spend some time talking about specifically black athletes, um, and and I'm really proud. I'm just of obviously I've talked about the WNBA before, who to me are the the, the women of the of the of the Women's National Basketball Association. Um, are the clear leaders of the athletic movement, um, as well as um, Megan Rapinoe, um, you know, um, are probably our, our greatest living uh, American soccer player. Um, even though Abby Wambach, I think Abby Wambach, I think Abby Wambach, I think for for her, her play on the pitch is probably a, a greater player, um, and obviously what what she has stood for. Uh, and represented for the LGBTQ um, community, but I, I feel like that Megan Rapino, um, just with her kind of that and and being race conscious and and um, really putting things on the line with her career, I think makes her the greatest. Anyway, that's a whole other aside. But then LeBron James, Chris Paul, Doc Rivers, uh, I I, I um. Doc Rivers brought me to tears last night. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but um, really got to me. And and I guess I just want to end on that. Uh, we love this country. We really do. Um, but we're not going to take the shit anymore. Um, we're just not. And so it is incumbent on on those with power to recognize that they need to change. Um, and it's also incumbent upon us with the vote um, to change. We are, we're under, we're, we're, we're under um, 10 weeks now for the election. Uh, make sure you're eligible to vote. Make sure that you are registered to vote. And please, please, please make a plan to vote it you can you can you can get your mail-in ballot now if you're doing by mail please do it now please um look up for your uh your secretary of state uh for your state just google secretary of state voting mail-in ballot it'll give you the instructions follow those instructions do it as soon as possible follow it to the letter make sure and just make sure you do it according exactly according to the state law because if you don't, your vote won't count. All right, party crashers. Um, this is a little bit of a downer. I'm a little bit worked up, probably like the rest of you. Um, keep your head up, keep marching, and we'll catch you on the flip side on another episode of The Uninvited.
It's just so sad. Um, you know, it, what stands out to me is um, just just watching the Republican revenge, uh, convention and this, they're spewing this fear, right? Like, all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back.